Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day, whatever time of day you're listening to this. Some of you listen live online. Others listen on the radio. Others download the podcast and listen at night. But uh, we just thank you for sharing the podcast as we are censored and shadow banned. We really appreciate you for doing that. I just want to mention before we get into some of this content today, and I'll tell you what we have coming up in a minute. 2 Timothy 1.7 reminds us that God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I want to mention a news release I just got in, breaking news. Um, you've probably heard of Jane's Revenge. Well, right here in our neck of the woods, local um, Appleton, Wisconsin, they have an organization there called Vita Medical Clinic. Vita stands for life, and it is a clinic that helps um, women who are pregnant and, and helps care for them. And they were just threatened by this radical pro-abortion group, and they were forced to con- contact their security company Friday and put three exterior cameras up, and they have also notified the Appleton Police Department and who assured them that their concerns are on their radar. But this is happening across the country. We heard of another one, um, well, just a, a month ago, our friend, Julaine Appling in Wisconsin Family Council, her offices were firebombed in Madison, Wisconsin, and um, that was from these pro-abortion groups, and they left the same message that they left on this North Carolina clinic, and that is if abortion isn't safe, you aren't either. So they're threatening anyone that wants to help women and young girls who get pregnant. They're threatening these pro-life centers. The latest to Asheville, North Carolina, Mountain Pregnancy Center, I've got uh, the same thing. The front of it is just splattered with red paint. Windows are shattered. Uh, broken glass is spread along the sidewalk. And the red is supposed to be blood, uh, but they put red paint on it. They've got the satanic symbol there. If abortions aren't safe, neither are you. Well, the Biden administration seems to be endorsing this. They are not condemning it. I haven't heard anything. Uh, Pelosi hasn't said anything. And now there's another article out real quick over at uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Amy Coney Barrett's home. Outside her home, abortion rights activists are wearing this so-called bloody clothing and carrying dolls and marching near her home. We'll get to all this in the third segment And just tell you what we might need to prepare for here as the radical extremists are pulling out all the stops because this is a demonic movement, this abortion movement. They they want to murder. Because why? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and more abundantly. So that's in segment three today. And we also mentioned the Biden administration is considering declaring a public emergency if Roe v. Wade is overturned, what do you think, what kind of power grab will they try to pull if Biden uh, does that, declares a public emergency, because of his side is starting to uh, protest and, and uh, you know, just have riots and violence? Anyway, let's get to our guest today. Very important topic today. 
An event that you probably never heard about took place in our nation's capital last week. A very important event that's going to affect possibly legislation, possibly our religious freedom, and it received little to no liberal media attention. Why? And what happened? Hundreds of Muslims traveled to D.C. and took part in meetings with U.S. congressmen. Have you heard anything about Muslim Advocacy Days? It was promoted by the Council on American-Islamic Relations and the U.S. Council of Muslim Organizations. It was billed as the nation's largest American-Muslim civil society umbrella organization. What's this all about? Why were they meeting with U.S. congressmen? Well, our guest, Usama Dakdok, is here to explain and also to contrast Christianity and Islam. Usama is the founder of the Straight Way of Grace Ministry, he is a speaker of daily radio broadcast revealing the truth about Islam. He speaks fluent Arabic and has translated the Quran into English. He's the author of several books, including Exposing the Truth About the Quran and Exposing the Truth About Jihad. Usama Dakdok, welcome to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Thank you, brother. It is uh, my honor, my joy, and uh, the peace of Christ be with you and all those wonderful audience who are listening to us right now. Well, praise God for you and your ministry, and thank you for that. Grace and peace to you, my friend. And you have a very important message, and your voice is needed in our culture. One of the reasons is we don't hear much anymore about the infiltration of Islam in all the major institutions in America, including government, education, uh, corporations, Mm -hmm. nonprofits. We don't hear much about it, but this was a pretty big event, and it's uh, it used to be an annual event, then COVID hit. But tell us, yeah. before we get into Muslim Advocacy Days, uh, I know you're in Missouri. Would you please tell us a little bit about your background, uh, how you came to know Jesus Christ and uh, end up uh, now speaking the truth, and uh, you're living in Missouri and doing your ministry? All right. Well, I was born in Egypt, a Christian family, praise the Lord. My dad was a uh, one of the founders of the Baptist Church in Egypt a good uh, uh, 60 years ago. And uh, I uh, learned about Islam in Egypt because that's part of our education system there until I was in college. I studied Sharia, Islamic law, a couple of years only on the topic of marriage and divorce. And that actually opened my eyes to learn more about Islam. And uh, for the last 30 years, I've been uh, studying Islam. Uh, that is the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad, the teach of Muhammad, the life of Muhammad. And so much, uh, man, I have learned in the last 30 years. I'm only 52 years old, so I'm still young. When I grow up and I become old, I will uh, do more. But I've been traveling all over this country for 20 years to teach about Islam. And uh, when you say I live in Missouri, I don't actually live in Missouri. My house is in Missouri, but we travel all over the country uh, uh, to speak the truth about Islam. Our ministry has two goals. Number one, uh, reach out to the lost Muslims with the gospel of Jesus Christ to lead them to Christ. And praise God, we have done that uh, successfully in many cases. Even through debates, we debate Muslims and Muslim imams become Christians through our ministry or educate the American people about Islam, the second goal, because it is here to kill, to destroy, to steal. And now let me say a quick comment about your topic, which you're going to be talking in the third segment. Sure. The Democrat Party, brother, the Liberal Party are Muslims. Mm. What do I mean by Muslims? If you understand the word Muslim, is the word to submit or to surrender. Mm-hmm. And they are submitting and surrendering to the God of Islam, Allah, who is nothing but Satan. The sad thing is, for the last 50 years or so, the, we got so many liberals, Democrats, who claim to be a Christian in the church. And we could not speak the truth about the politics 
of the Democrats. It is the, it is the practice of the devil, Allah, Satan. Exactly. If it is through a portion or through the removal of Jesus' name from our life, uh, the removal of God's commands from our life, if it is whatever direction they're taking. There, there is only two teams. This team Jesus and this team Satan. And mm-hmm. the Democrats have nothing to do with the team Jesus. They hate Christ. They hate Christianity. They hate our Constitution. They hate the rights we have in this land. Even though they pretended for all these years, as you go and see many liberals in our churches who pretend to be Baptist and Catholic and Presbyterian, but in reality, they are team the devil, team Satan. So uh, it is working amazingly. Now, uh, we can move on to our study, whatever you want to talk about. Sure. Well, you said something very important, and that is, they, like Jude warns in Scripture, they have crept in unnoticed, and these godless exactly. men, and they are actually infiltrating churches, not just our mm-hmm. corporation, not just our government, not just the government education system, but our Churches, very important point, <laughs> Usama. Yes, thank you. Yes, but I, I was reading my Bible before you called me this morning. Malachi chapter two. That is the last prophet, which after him came darkness in Israel for four hundred years. Malachi two, speaking to the priest, speaking to the people who are supposed to be the Levite descendants who literally uh, curse God, and and that message is actually. I can say today to all liberal churches in America, because there are plenty of churches in America who hate the truth. There are plenty of Democrat churches in America, like the priest in the days of Malachi. And he literally, God said to them that, I will curse your blessing. And that is coming to America through the liberal party, the Democrat, and through the church in name only. Those are the gay and lesbian churches. Those are the churches who are in love with Muslims. And believe it or not, they're not loving Muslims for Jesus, but they're loving Muslims for hell, and they're taking this country to hell with them as well. And that is exactly the work of the team Satan. So, uh, Usama, how much does our Constitution, we have religious freedom in America, which not a lot of countries around the world have. This actually mm. enables those who want to uh, push Islam and even teach Islam uh, it, it enables them to do it wherever and whenever they they want, and yet Christianity sure. has been marginalized. Um, sure. This has been a very gradual uh, thing, hasn't it? Yeah, well, here's the truth. Uh, Hosea 4.6 states, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you will interview me 300 times in the next few months, you're going to hear me repeating the verse once again and once again, many, many more. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because the liberal Democrats who are worshiping Allah, Satan, do not know hmm. that Islam is the anti-freedom of religion. If the American people have no idea what the Quran teaches about freedom of religion, and they welcome and they hug and they kiss the Muslim and bring him to our government and bring him to our school uh, during the, uh, uh, through the Islamic education or doctrination of our children, literally, they're brainwashing our children with lies. The Quran is very clear. You cannot leave Islam. Freedom of religion means, I'm, today I'm a Christian. Say, say next week, I choose not to be a Christian. I, I want to become a Jew. I want to become a Muslim. Yes, in America, I can be whatever I want. But if I'm a Muslim, and tomorrow I choose not to become a, a Muslim, what is the punishment? It's death. The teaching of the Quran, So he must die as an infidel. Or Muhammad in the Hadith. The blood of the Muslims cannot be shed except in three cases. One of them, apostating, leaving Islam. 
So here is the reality. It's the Quran and the Hadith. Allah's words and Muhammad's words teach, you cannot leave Islam. You leave Islam, will kill you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is the freedom of religion there? Add to that. The same Quran which teach, I, as a Muslim, I have to kill my son or my daughter for leaving Islam. Mm-hmm. It's also teach, when we will have the upper hand in America, when Muslims become strong, have enough people and enough weapons in America, we will kill your children. If they will not accept Islam. So where is the freedom of religion in that savage cult? There is no freedom of religion. And liberals who defend the Muslim movement in America yeah. or the taking over of Muslims in America, they are doing it because they're ignorant of Islam. Hmm. And most of them probably are. I wouldn't think there are that many who actually know what the Quran teaches. They probably never read the Quran. Most likely they did not. So even if they read the Quran, they may read one of the sugar-coated Quran, not my translation, mm. which is accurate, word for word, what Allah said in the Arabic language to the English language. Okay, we're going to get into a little bit of that, probably the next segment, Usama. But I want to talk about what happened last week now in Washington, sure. D.C., how our media, I, I didn't hear about it. I don't know if you're any of you listening out there, if you heard about Muslim Advocacy Days that took place at our nation's capital. So, Usama, how long has this been going on, and what are their goals? What are, what's their purpose for these Advocacy Days? In the country, in the country, all over the government, for over at least 20 years, where Muslims have a, capital, a Muslim day at the capital that happened, in Florida, in Tallahassee, I attended one roughly around 19 years ago, and I could not believe it that these Muslims, and, but we're not talking about just the, the loving, peaceful, the fuzzy, daddy Muslim. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Muslim Brotherhood. We're talking about the people who attacked us on September 11. Just after September 11, they got the boldness and the guts to go in our capitals all over this country and serve this wonderful Middle Eastern food and the great coffee to our governors and to our legislators in every state in America. And that annual meeting, which is number seven, actually started a good 10 years ago. And because of COVID, could not do the last two, but that is every year. Mm. Muslims in the hundreds from all over the country, these Muslim leaders, these are the Muslim Brotherhood who attacked us on September 11. They go to the capital and they meet with our top legislators Mm. and they speak on the behalf of the Muslims in America and the Muslims around the world. And boy, oh boy, if you see how much they accomplish in that meeting, it will blow your mind. Because, and by the way, you and I could not go and do one meeting with any of these legislators last week. Roughly between 200 to 400 meetings has been taking place with our legislators all over the capital. Now, you and I could not go and meet with one of these meetings. We could not make one of these meetings because simply it is not politically correct for Christians to meet with legislators. But it's, it's all right, wonderfully well done for Muslims to meet with legislators, especially the Democrats. And I can, I can assure you, this will not even take place among Republicans because the Republican will be afraid to sit next to you and I on a table, and perhaps some Democrat will take a picture, and that will be the destruction, the end of their career. This is how evil and how sad these days are going right now all over this land. So, Usama, Dak Doc, uh, why do you believe that, uh, first of all, the media doesn't really talk about this, and the people really don't find out about it until maybe they hear a podcast like this, or they hear someone like you speaking at their church or, or event, um, People are not hearing about this. Is it that secretive? Because they seem to be doing it right out in the open. No, not really. You may hear about, like, this four point I'm going to share with you, audience, what they did in that meeting. Sure. But you're not going to hear about the details of it. So it's better to keep it hush-hush 
under the table, meeting taking place, decision has been made for the good of the Muslim in America, but if the media will speak about it and people go and attend this meeting and people will start investigating this meeting, you'll find that our government has been betraying us for the last 20 years since September 11 by literally bending the knee, bowing down to accommodate the Muslims in America. Otherwise, we're going to have a problem in America. It is so sad. It is so sick to see what's happening in this country. And sadly, it is the work of the devil. Nobody make a plan to steal a bank and advertise it on, uh, rob a bank, advertise it on the media. Hey, we're going to go, uh, uh, you know, rob a Bank of America, the big one somewhere. No, they do the meeting in secret until the bank is robbed. And maybe you're going to hear about it in the media. Hmm. So that is exactly what they're doing. They're taking over our country while we're busy talking about other ridiculous stuff and we're distracted with the price of the gas. You know what? I have no problem for the gas to be $10 a gallon. But save us from what the Muslims are going to take this, what they're doing to this country. Because while we're worried about the 5 $6 a gallon of gas, the Muslims are taking the country from within. And we will not have America, period. They're taking it from within because they know that they could not have attacked us on our shores or against our military. At least we used to have the strongest military in the world, but uh, they know they couldn't do it that way. They've got a more, uh, really a more deceptive uh, method sure. of that. It's getting inside, infiltrating government, uh, education. Uh, I haven't seen as much in the entertainment industry, but there's more coming out. But anyway, Usama, um, tell us where people can get a hold of you just before we um, uh, go on to the next question. Sure. It is thestraightway.org, the straightway.org or just simply google my name usama dakdok u-s-a-m-a uh, if you type if you type u-s-a-m-a before you put the space to put the d for dakdok my name will be in the top of the list all right usama dakdok and that's the straightway.org so um in our government uh we know since 9-11 um, there's been an effort to really almost sugarcoat terrorism, which is really interesting, <laughs> and, and try to make sure that America was not discriminating against those Muslims who were not terrorists. Explain. Yeah. That just sounds like a dilemma to me. But see, see, even the question you give me, brother, right now is not accurate. When Mr. George W. Bush met with the Muslim leaders of the Muslim Brotherhood in their mosque in Washington, D.C., four days after September 11, notice I did not say he met with the Muslim moderate because there is no moderate Muslim. Mm. To be a Muslim, you cannot be an American. So he met with who? He met with Nad Awad. Who is Nad Awad? One of the, he was actually the leader at the time of this ministry of CARE, the Council on America-Islamic Relations. Well, guess what? CARE is a Muslim Brotherhood. So Mr. Bush met with the leaders of the Muslims. These are the dads and the grandparents of the 19 hijackers of September 11th. Four days. And he spoke so highly of Allah and Muhammad and mm. Islam. He did not meet with uh, Mr. Ali and Mr. Mustafa and Sister Khadija who know nothing about Islam. He met with the leaders of the Muslim Brotherhood to praise Islam. And from that day, I said, goodbye, America. Mm. I said, goodbye, America. Wow. Not because I was a Democrat who hate Mr. Bush. No, I voted for him twice. One before September 11 and another one after September 11. But when it comes to the topic of Islam, he destroyed America. It's because of Mr. George W. Bush, we ended having Barack Hussein Obama. And because of Barack Hussein Obama, we ended today to have Joe Biden. 
And God knows if this country will ever turn around. I think the ship is about to sink, mm. believe it or not, and the end of time is here. Let's talk more about that in the second segment. Our guest, Usama Dakdok, the Straight Way of Grace Ministry. You can find out more about him on his website. We'll talk about Muslim Advocacy Days and the content of what was discussed a little bit more when we come back. Plus, we'll talk about some theology, the contrast between Islam and Christianity, and what do they mean, religion of peace. More on Stand Up for the Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Usama Dakdok, founder of the Straight Way of Grace Ministry. And before we get back to Muslim Advocacy Days, which uh, took place last week at our nation's capital, a couple points that he wanted to share you made a very important statement, Usama, and you said there is no such thing as a moderate Muslim. What do you mean by that? Because I know there are moderate Christians, Christians that are just kind of, you know, in the, yeah. they're still living in the world. They go to church, but they're not really invested. They're not into Bible, yeah. Bible study and all things like that. So explain what you meant by that. Sugar-coated Christians. Here is the deal. Uh, I know we always talk about radical and extreme and fundamental in a very negative way. Actually, in my newest book, which I just published a few months ago, exposes the truth about jihad, unholy war in the Quran. I began with that chapter because it's very important. There is nothing, listen carefully, nothing is wrong in the word radical or extreme or fundamental. Because our God is a radical and extreme and, and fundamental. Our apostle in the Christian faith are radical and extreme and fundamental. As a matter of fact, just open your dictionary and learn about these words, radical, extreme, and fundamental. We're living in the last days where we call the, 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 the bad good and the good bad. So if you think, oh, that man is radical, that lady is extreme, these people are fundamental. In a negative tone, we say it in a way to put them down. But in reality, nothing wrong with these words. Hmm. Crossing the T's and dotting the I's of our Christian faith is radical, extreme, and fundamental. Just go online, search these words, you find nothing negative about them. So Muslims are two, the extreme, radical, fundamental, or hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites? You go to Quran chapter 3, verse 167, and Allah stated, and that he might know the hypocrite when it was said to them, come, engage in war for the sake of Allah, or contribute. What is that? That is performing jihad, because jihad in, the, in Islam, according to the teaching of the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad, is twofold jihad. You perform jihad with your money, and you perform jihad with your life. Mm-hmm. They said in Quran 3167, if we know how to fight, we would have joined you. But we do not know. He said, Allah said, they are closer on that day to infidelity than to peace. They're more of an infidel than a believer. Who are these? These are the hypocrites. Quran 973, Allah ordered Muhammad literally to perform jihad against the infidels, that's Jews and Christians, and the hypocrites. And Allah said, be harsh with them, and their ultimate abode is hell. They're going to end in hell anyway. So, these are the Muslims. Now, when you talk about moderate Muslim in America, which one? We're mm. talking about the Muslim leaders of America. We're talking about the Muslim imams of America. We're talking about 30 jihad organizations. We know them because they signed the blueprint for us. From the Holy Land Foundation trial, which took place in Texas, they put on base two in the strategic goal of Muslims in North America, the names of 30 jihadi organizations. In my home country in Egypt, 
care are not allowed. Mm. If you are a member of care in Egypt, they arrest you, throw you in prison. And if you resist arrest, they shoot you and kill you in the street. Why? Because we know there are the Muslim Brotherhood. Here in America, all these jihad organizations are non-profit organizations. They actually have the same title which I have in my ministry, the same position, non-profit ministry. And guess what's going to happen? If these meetings, which we have talked about, the annual meetings, continue to progress in America, and they will pass the no uh, 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 end of Islamophobia in America, that is ending Amendment 1, that is ending me, the Straightway of Grace Ministry, yeah. uh, sta- stage as a non-profit. And that is going to take place by the Muslim Brotherhood. There is no moderate Muslim in America because there is no moderate Islam. We've been debating Muslims for the last 20 years, looking for someone to show us what is a moderate Muslim. <laughs> you mean a moderate Muslim, the one who does not believe in Allah, the one who does not believe in Muhammad, the one who does not like to perform jihad to kill the Americans? Yes, indeed, that is their name. And they are hypocrites, not moderate Muslims. There is no such a thing as moderate Muslims. Thank you. Very important clarification, Usama. Uh, now, back to the Muslim advocacy days. Uh, before we move on to a little bit of theology and contrast between Christianity and Islam, and we need to do that, especially for our newer listeners, um, what happened? What did they talk about specifically? And then we can move on. Well, they, they, hold, they held so many meetings. Uh, we do not know how many exactly because we were not there. And trust me, if I go there, they will not allow me to be there. Wow. So, uh, they said that uh, these meetings would benefit all the American people. Yes, right. indeed. Right. No, it would benefit the Muslims who live in America, not the American people. As a matter of fact, if the American people knew what is the, in, what is the, uh, uh, the end of this meeting, what, what's going to happen to America, how much the Muslims are infiltrating this country, the American people would have removed our legislators from office, hmm. those who hold that meeting with the Muslims. That's number one. Uh, they're talking about, you know, uh, uh, grant is Afghani Muslim, uh, those who came from Afghan to become citizens. They want them all to become citizens. You know what? I'm, I'm, agree- I'm, I'm 100% agreement, agree with them. Okay? We got 120,000 people who came under O'Biden who were not vetted. Why not vet them? And then I want to, as we vet them to make them citizens, we need to expose Islam in the life of these people. So we got 120,000 men and little children, many of them came to America. Now, let's see, who are these little girls who came with the 40, 50 years old men? They're not their daughters. Hmm. They're not their granddaughters. They are their wives. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Do you know that many of the 120,000 Muslim men who came to America came with their little wife, the 7, 8, 9, 10 years old? Hmm. Let us investigate Islam to learn the truth about Islam. What does the Quran teach about marrying little girls? How Muhammad, the child molester, the sex offender, the pedophile, allow the Muslim followers to be married, even if they are in their 50s or 60s, to little children. And then we need to remove these men who have been abusing these little wives out of America because they don't fit with our constitution. Will you, will you allow men in this country to be married to little girls, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old? I mean, is this, is, are we going to change the constitution to accommodate the Muslims so we can make them citizens? Or should we get rid of these men, throw them out of this country, and we take care of their abused wives? So, wow. it is easy to talk about helping the Muslim Afghani to become citizens. But if you investigate these Muslims, the 100,000 plus who came from Afghanistan, you will cry blood, not water, because it is too much abuse. Now, 
uh, ending the Islamophobia. That's another one. They want to end the Islamophobia. We don't forget now. It's already bad. Uh, Sister Nancy Pelosi, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and a bunch of these stupid Democrats, and I call them stupid because they are stupid. They don't know what they're doing. They are useful idiots, but before you call them useful idiots, you, have to add, you must add the word stupid. They're stupid, useful idiots. They already <laughs> passed it in the House uh, of Representatives, and mm. now they're going to take it to the Senate. And God help us if that they will come when you have 50 Democrats or maybe 40 and dumb, stupid, thin Republicans who will vote these laws in, which means you and I could not have this conversation right now. Wow. And silencing us and imprisonment us and ending the second, the first amendment is the kissing of America goodbye. Because in reality, Islam will never flourish. Islam will never exist in a country have freedom of speech. That's and right. they must end it. And they will end our freedom of speech because that is the only way for Muslims to be able to take over America. Uh, last thing is you're just, that's by the way, what the Muslim told us they're going to be talking about in these okay. meetings. But in reality, wow. there are lots of 50, 60 things on their agenda. We will never know of it. We'll never hear of it. And most likely hear about it when it passed to law. And the liberals and the stupid Republican who joined the liberals will work together to accommodate the Muslim in America. Last one is ending the uh, interest uh, deals we have in our country, which is literally openly saying we want to have Sharia finance in America. You and I go buy a house right now, and the house worth 100 grand, and we'll pay 150, 160. Why? Because they pay interest for 30 years. That is not Islamic. The Quran does not allow Muslims to pay interest when they go, uh, when they deal and do businesses. Okay. They want to end, but it's not just about interest. It's about practicing Sharia fully in America. Do you know, brothers, that Muslims have been practicing Sharia finance in America for years? Every time. You go and look, by the way, we got a list of all the businesses and the banks in America uh, who practice Shira finance. If you think about drinking Coca-Cola today, every time you open one of these Coca-Cola cans and drink it, you already give the Muslims 2.5% of the profits of the Coca-Cola. And if you go to Bank of America or Wachovia Bank or Citibank, if you have a Citibank Visa card, every time you use all these businesses which accommodate the Muslims, because that free country, you know, they can do whatever they want. You are helping the Muslim Brotherhood mm. to have the fund they need, not only to practice their savage Islam in the Middle East, but to take over America. And that is exactly what's been happening in America for the last almost, I think, 17, 18 years for sure. And the number is growing. I remember first time I talked about Sharia finance, uh, maybe 15, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, there were 25 businesses. Now it's hundreds. Wow. All of them are bound down. AIG, big insurance company, all of them are bound down to accommodate the Muslims, simply gives them 2.5% of the profit uh, for this, what we call non-profit ministries. Oh, no, 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 no. These are Muslim brotherhood. Muslims do not need Saudi Arabia to support them financially because they got the support of the American people throughout all these businesses mm. who practice Sharia finance. Wow. So what happens in a place like Dearborn, Michigan, where I understand that's uh, pretty much, it's not Sharia law, or, or is it? What, what are they implementing in places, communities like that? Brother, when Muslims reach up to 5.5%, and I come up with a number 5.5% long time ago, in any community, I don't care where you're at, if you're in Europe or you're here in America, when you get 5.5%, you're in control of that land. Don't mm -hmm. forget America 
became America because of 3% of the American people. 5.5% is plenty enough people to change America and make it Islamic, uh, uh, part of the Islamic State. And I wish I have uh, the privilege to come and sit with you in your studio so I can share with you the first meetings on video so you can watch it and see it by us. The first meetings where Muslims in America, I got 40 years ago, planned to have... Uh, uh, take, to take over this country, to evangelize America. I, I say, no, it's Muslimized America. And they said it, that we're going to control the media, we're going to control the politicians, mm. and we're going to control the school. And guess what? That's exactly what the Muslims have been doing, especially after September 11th. Yes, and really interesting you brought up the schools because um, I've written in the past about there were schools that were teaching the five pillars of Islam, but don't you dare bring in the Ten Commandments or the Bible or that you mentioned the name of Jesus. Sure. But at the same sure. time, this was actually unbelievable. Some parents found out about it. Were really uh, they they started to protest about this. But um, how did we get to the point where we've allowed basically they're teaching religion in, in the school <laughs> system and they. And it, they they su- they su- supposedly are against the so-called separation of church and state, but that's only when it comes no, to listen, Christianity. Listen to this. I have no problem for Muslims to teach the Quran in our public schools. You can literally open the Quran and teach it. Because if they will allow me to open the Quran and, and read it in our school, they will beg me. They will kiss, not my hands, they will kiss my feet. Please, don't destroy Islam. They're teaching propaganda Islam. We have a presentation, we do one of our seminars, it's called Lies in the Textbooks. There are actually 15 lies they teach in our public schools. I wish we can do uh, some teaching, you and I, in this podcast here, in your show here. We can cover some of these lies. They are literally making our children in this country hate the Jewish people and love the Muslims. Mm. Hate the Bible and love the Quran. Hate Christianity and love Islam. Hate Jesus and love Muhammad. These are very powerful lies. And they've been teaching these since September 11 as they received this is the same Muslim Brotherhood, the same people who met last week in, in the capital. They got the blessing of George W. Bush to educate the American people about Islam. But they're not teaching Islam. They're teaching hogwash Islam. They're teaching propaganda Islam okay. and a lots of lies. So, uh, God help us. So lies will destroy this country. Right. So they're not getting the truth. Well, really briefly, no. you, um, I know we're going to have to have you back because we've got to dive into this. Uh, me, more from a theological standpoint as well, and we will, God willing, Usama. But you mentioned Muhammad, and not many people understand that he was, he rose to power as a warrior. Um, he was a military leader. He fought and he had, um, young wives. Tell, tell us a little bit about Muhammad because not many people know about him and then contrast him with Jesus. Uh, you know, there's some people believe that Muhammad never exists, but I know for sure he did exist. Uh, because we don't have any uh, evidence of his existence. But I know the devil exists, and I know the devil loved to kill, to destroy, and steal, and that's exactly what Muhammad did. Mm. He uh, grew up in uh, Mecca as an idol worshiper, because that is what he and his family did for 40 years. They worshipped, uh, like all the people of Christ. At the age of 40, he claimed to be a prophet. He lived in Mecca 13 years, so up to the age of 53 he could not have anybody to believe in him because he was a nice guy. You know, to you, your religion, and to me, my religion, and no compassion in religion. These are the early abrogated verses in the Quran. Then he escaped or left Mecca to Medina. As, um, uh, actually, it used to be a, a Jewish community by the name Yasrib. 
And there he became a militant guy. He hide in caves uh, with his uh, 25, 30 men and start uh, 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 kidnapping the caravan as he goes through the land. And he grew from the 25, 30 men to literally 10,000 uh, by launching uh, war against the uh, nearest uh, villages uh, and the uh, small cities. And then he went back to Mecca uh, and he became that uh, great militant leader with uh, literally 12 armies. He invaded the Saudi Arabian land in his days in no time. One year or so, he took over Saudi Arabia. And after him, hmm. obviously, with the new verses of the Quran, the Muslims uh, left uh, Saudi Arabia to invade the rest of the world. The 56, 57 Muslim country we know of today, Islam is a savage cult. If you don't believe me, just read the Quran. Mm. The teaching of Muhammad is very clear. He said he came from Allah with the sword in his hand and his riches and his wealth come from the shadow of his sword. And anyone will not believe in him or disagree with him will be humiliated and disgraced. That is Muhammad. Mm. Who Muslims in the West told us that tell us that he's the prophet of peace and the prophet of love. There is not one piece of uh, peace, uh, one piece of love in his heart and his mind. He's a very savage, evil man. He's a very simple man, literally. He's a child molester. When he was 51 years old, he married to his favorite wife, Aisha, and she was six. He did not have intercourse with her until the age of nine. Some say that he was literally playing with her sexually without being involved with her sexually intercourse. But she said her, herself, Aisha, that he died when she was 18, and Muhammad died at the age of 63. That makes Muhammad the only prophet I know of who is a child molester, mm. a sex offender, and a very uh, a pedophile. That's what he is. Wow. But to say that in America today is acceptable, but trust me, if we end freedom of speech, you cannot say anything to insult Muhammad, because they believe insulting Islam, it is... Anything you say to make Muhammad look bad or the Quran make look bad or Allah make look bad, even if it, what you're saying is true. So you cannot speak the truth about Islam if Muslims will have their way in this land. Mm. Such an important topic. We have to have you back, Usama. It just went by so fast. And it sounds like just the opposite of Jesus, the God of love who is the <laughs> truth, right? Amen. Um, but thank you so much. And friends, you can get more information on Usama at The Straight Way. Dot O-R-G. God bless you, brother. We will talk again soon. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot. God bless. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jane's revenge and the threats on really pro-life centers and churches next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So I will say some of you who have not heard our other guests that we've had on, including Elijah Abraham, Tony Garule, and others talk about the truth about Islam and what the Quran teaches, um, you might have a hard time with what Usama Dakdak just shared with us. And that's just scratching the surface. Uh, I believe Muhammad had 15 wives. Um, you can look that up. You can do some research. You've got to find the right outlets. But you will find truthful information. And, uh, yeah, there's so much that we don't know because they only stick to certain talking points. But anyway, we will have him back on, God willing. If we are here, all here next month, we will uh, do that. We will have him back. I did have an article I didn't uh, bring up with him, but over in Nigeria... Um, Christians are being killed and hunted down. Um, in fact, a couple weeks ago, Pentecost Sunday, uh, four gunmen stormed a Catholic church during Mass 
and uh, massacring at least 50 worshipers. And the governor there, uh, Ando's governor, said it was a vile and satanic attack. And um, the State Department here records 1,112 conflict-related deaths in Nigeria last year. And you know that's a low-ball number, right? That's what just what our State Department recorded. But many of these are clashes between religious groups. And in May, a uh, criminal shot and killed eight Christians and burned down a church and, and several homes. Um, there's kidnapping of young Christian girls and forcing them into marriage and conversion to Islam in uh, Nigeria and many other places. But the Biden administration removed, um, uh, from what I understand, Nigeria from its circle of concern. And Leela Gilbert, senior fellow for international religious freedom, was appalled and said the violence never stops. And the administration is no friend of Nigeria's brutalized Christian communities. Uh, Tony Perkins, Family Research Council, mentioned uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo when he was with the Trump administration. Uh, they saw religious freedom as the nation's number one foreign policy issue. But now the Biden administration, which, remember, kicked off Pride Month by defiantly unveiling the LGBT uh, rainbow flag at its embassy to the Vatican, now they downplay the importance of faith and human rights negotiations. And so we know this is happening, but here we've got to move on. This article just um, is disturbing about what's happening. And I just contacted a friend uh, locally who's in touch with one of these pro-life centers. And there are threats, friends. So please pray for wherever wherever state you're living and wherever you're at, um, if there are people, churches, and, and pro-life centers that are helping women and young girls who get pregnant, um, they don't hate people uh, who have abortions. They want to help preserve life. But the radicals are framing anyone who disagrees with them, their demonic worldview of um, rip, ripping out dismembering uh, babies in the womb, they're framing you as um, evil. So this article at the Post Millennial says pro-abortion militants Jane's Revenge, that's the group, says 30 days of mercy have expired, promise more attacks on pro-life centers. Pro-abortion militants Jane's Revenge declared that their 30 days of patience and mercy have come to an end. Um, they state in an open letter, uh, this was on June 15. We offered an honorable way out. You could have walked away. Now the leash is off. And I'm quoting. And we will make it as hard as possible for your campaign of oppression to continue. What do they mean by that? Well, they see the Bible, the truth of life in a mother's womb, the life at conception, and human life in a mother's womb. They see that as oppressive and, quote, religious people that want to force women to have babies, right? Well, you know, do, are we forcing them to have sex, young boys and girls and teenagers? And No, I think the, the left is generally, they were promoting promiscuity and sexual ex- experimentation. Um, so who's, who's promoting that sexual, you know, promiscuity and getting pregnant, which that's, it often ends up that way. And then we're the bad guys and we say, okay, she's pregnant. Don't kill the baby. All right. So back to their quote, Jane's Revenge, we have demonstrated in the past month how easy and fun it is to attack. We are versatile. We are mercurial. 
and we answer to no one but ourselves. Isn't that interesting? You know, the one of the things I think Aleister Crowley, uh, the Satanic Church, said, do what thou wilt. That's the whole law for them, for demonic activists, right? Do what thou wilt. Do whatever you want. That's the law. To please yourself and please your God, small g, Satan. So this is Jane's Revenge. They're a, a really a radical pro-abortion group. They said, we promised to take increasingly drastic measures against oppressive infrastructures. Rest, rest assured that we will, and those measures may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Sometimes you will see what we do, and you will know that it is us. Now, it's interesting. I haven't heard the Biden administration uh, denounce these. This group has taken responsibility for violent attacks and arson on pregnancy and pro-life centers, including our friend Jelaine Appling's office in Madison, Wisconsin. Also, uh, offices in Fort Collins, Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, Razortown, Massachusetts, Olympia, Washington, Des Moines, Iowa, Linwood, Washington, Washington, D.C., Asheville, North Carolina, Buffalo, New York, Hollywood, Florida, Vancouver, Washington, Frederick, Massachusetts, Denton, Texas, Gresham, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. They, they continue with their threats. Quote, you have seen that we are real and that we are not merely pushing empty words. Um, this one that I brought up here in the very beginning of the podcast today was from North Carolina. Let's see. I have it. I have a picture of the, act, the actual pro-life center. It's the Mountain Area Pregnancy Services. Mountain Area in Asheville, North Carolina. It was vandalized. Windows were shattered, broken glass on the sidewalk. Red paint made to look like blood is splattered across the walls. And on the sidewalk, the satanic symbol. And next to that, if abortions aren't safe, neither are you. And I also mention, mentioned at the beginning over at CBN News, they have an article, Abortion Rights Activists Wear Bloody Clothing and Carry Dolls While Marching Near Amy Coney Barrett's Home Justice Barrett. Notice how nobody's marching in front of the radical leftist liberal Marxist justices, the Democrats, just the conservatives or the Christians or, you know, I, I hate to put it like a left and right thing, but, you know, obviously we know that's what this war is about. Actually, it's about good versus evil. And I'm not saying all on the left are evil. And I'm not saying all on the right are good, but you know what I mean. So this is something very interesting because it's happening and the government is allowing it. Remember, Remember just a couple of years ago, think of the cities that were on fire throughout our country and the government allowed it to happen. And it, actually the police were told to, told to stand down and it depends on what state you were in, whether it was a blue state governor or red state often. The blue states just said, hey, they're just expressing their First Amendment rights. They're protesting. Oh my goodness. Well, the Constitution does say they have a, we have a right to peaceably assemble. Uh, my goodness. And they, so we have, we had to redefine peace in the summer of 2020 and 2021. Anyway, so here we are again. Now it's the left and the pro choice crowd. And, and I put choice meaning murder. Let's go to this release from Vita Medical Clinic. And we're hoping to get the executive director on. The executive director of their clinic is in Appleton, Wisconsin. They've noted the police department. They've notified them. Uh, Jane's Revenge sent out this threatening letter. So what did this um, local clinic do? They 
increase their security. They have three exterior cameras now, and they are also asking for volunteers, male volunteers. Um, where was that in, in the mail? So my hope is that we will not let these threats deter us from providing services to individuals who need and want our help, meaning young girls, pregnant women. That being said, if you are a staff member or a volunteer and are anxious about coming to work, please do give me a call to discuss. And um, it says, if you know any men who are willing and available to volunteer to be present here at the center, please encourage them to sign up to serve. And that, at, that is at VIDA, V-I-D-A, Medical Clinic in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, VitaMedicalClinic.org, Vita, V-I-D-A. It means life, VitaMedicalClinic.org. And you might want to check, friends. I know we have people listening from across the country. If there is a uh, pro-life or a, a women's center that actually does care about women's health and the life of the baby in the womb and the mother's life as well, that wants to take care of them. If you know of one near you, you might want to give them a call to see if they, how they're uh, handling these threats. And if they need male um, presence there and uh, volunteers, men need to step up, guys. We need to step up. Um, so let's continue on here. <sighs> Jane's Revenge shared their first communication on May 8, stating that they would be planning a night of rage to meet the Supreme Court's decision on Dobbs versus Jackson's Jackson Women's Health, a ruling which would spell an end to the precedent of the federal legalization of abortion. That draft, of course, was leaked in April by someone, and uh, Chief Justice Roberts confirmed its veracity. That uh, sparked protests in the front of homes of Supreme Court justices who signed on the majority opinion, meaning they, they were signing in favor of overturning the demonic legislation, Roe v. Wade, or the law. That's not legislation now. That was a Supreme Court decision. Let's differentiate. Now, what's going to happen if this gets overturned? Um, that means every state will need to decide. That means uh, abortion in your state will be decided by your state government. And that's federalism. That's the way it was supposed to be in the first place. Okay. So now we've got these things happening across the country. You also didn't hear about, uh, off topic slightly, um, last week, former LGBT individuals celebrate deliverance through Christ during Washington, D.C.'s Freedom March. There is hope. That's right. Members of the Freedom March group have been touring the country for years. The media will not report on it. Why? Goes against the talking points. Goes against the narrative about selecting your gender and being LGBTQ, being born that way. So people that are coming out and saying, hey, I'm a former gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or whatever, they're saying I'm a former. Well, you know, the left God-haters don't like using that term, former. Um. But this year's event took place last Saturday and included worship, testimonies, exalting Jesus, prayer, uh, and a march from the Sylvan Theater to the Lincoln Memorial. You can look this up. Look up the Freedom March. It started in 2018 by a guy named Jeffrey McCall, former transgender who came to know Christ. And he said, Jesus died for them and loves them and wants to give them a new life. And the movement celebrates the true liberation from LGBTQ lifestyles. So it continues to grow. You can go on CBN.com. You can go to Charisma News and other 
a handful of outlets that reported on that because most will not touch it. One more article to touch on, and that's all we can do in the last two minutes here. And that is uh, my weekly article from last week. Satanists withdraw from LGBTQ pride uh, event that, that was targeting children and families. This is now, there's one over on harbingersdaily.com. And you can look up this article right now. It's called Drawing the Line at Satan Worship, Family-Friendly Pride Event Pressures Out Satanic Temple. So the Satanic Temple of Idaho was a sponsor of Pride Month a couple weekends ago. They withdrew from the event after a few corporate sponsors dropped out because they were involved. And it's interesting that the Satanic Temple in Idaho spokesperson said they pulled out because of, quote, spineless opportunistic corporations. But what's ironic is, according to the Satanic Temple, more than half of its membership is LGBTQ. That's interesting. What God are all these groups and organizations worshiping? Those who are the Satanists, those who are promoting rebellion against God, the LGBTQ, those who are advocating for murder and dismemberment and life, human life and mother's wombs, These are all demonic agendas. We've got to address them as such from this point forward. So that article at harbingersdaily.com, give them a shout-out, show them some love, harbingersdaily.com. They're one of our partners. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for sharing the podcast. I can't wait to get Usama Dakdok back on the show. Um, Tomorrow, our pastor from town here, local, Pastor Kevin Minsky will be back. We'll be talking about globalism and what's happening from a biblical perspective of prophecy from Revelation to the World Economic Forum to America. Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs on Wednesday. Dr. Andy Woods and Pastor's Point of View on Thursday. Friday, Bishop E.W. Jackson on the podcast. I met him a few years ago at Liberty Pastors in Texas. Anyway, thank you guys. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.